In 2011, Michael Eric Dyson, now at Vanderbilt University, wrote the foreword to a play titled The Mountaintop by Katori Hall, issued by Methuen Drama. He writes, it must be stated as clearly and insistently as possible, Katori Hall's The Mountaintop is artistic dynamite. It explodes the myths that bury Martin Luther King Jr.'s humanity and shatters his image as a stoic martyr. The mountaintop invites us to see King as a flesh-and-blood genius with flaws who worked fiendishly to end black oppression while fighting for liberty and justice for all. These pages teem with wisdom about the black and, therefore, the human condition, but it isn't served up in musty language or reverent grammar. The dialogue pops off the pages in vernacular wit and folk philosophy. Its lines are laced with humor, irony, paradox, signifying, and making sure it's magic. It's not the sort of magic, though, that rescues us from the grip of grief. Rather, it's the kind of magic that conquers tragedy by facing it head-on. The mountaintop portrays a man who is much more interesting and useful when his blemishes and virtues are shown together. Words of Michael Eric Dyson in the foreword to the play The Mountaintop by Katori Hall, issued by Methuen Drama. The mountaintop is set in room 306 of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis during the evening of April 3, 1968. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was staying there that night, and he would be assassinated on its balcony the following day. Katori Hall takes this historic date with destiny and weaves a powerful, imagined conversation between Dr. King and Kamei, a hotel maid who is more than she appears, prompting him to examine his past, his legacy, and the plight and the future of African Americans. The Bloomsburg Theater Ensemble is collaborating with guest director Cassandra Freeman and guest actors Will Bryson and Adese Nwoko in the roles of Dr. King and Kamei to present the show that will run from January 20th through February 6th at the Elvina Krauss Theater in downtown Bloomsburg. We had a chance to speak by phone with Will Bryson and Adese Nwoko about this powerful piece. We all have our history, and that, that outlines Dr. King. But what Katori Hall has done is that she brought a human side to him. And this, I'm going to tell you, this Dr. King, you are unfamiliar with. I, I don't want to tell too much of the, the show, but you're going to see a different King. You're going to see a very human king, a very uh, fallible king. You, you're, you're going to see a man. And as we go through this ride together, Katori Hall brings you right back to his legacy at the end. But I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be surprised. There's a lot of facts in this play that a lot of people don't know about Dr. King. I think she's very smart in the way that she humanizes these characters and actually, the, the name Kamei is named after her mom. And so she definitely brings a little bit of her life and her history into the work as well. And how about you? You're young. In 68, you weren't probably born, were you? No, I was not born. <laughs> I was born in 73. In your growing up years then, Will, how did you come to understand about the importance of Dr. King for all of us? Well, 
thank goodness for Black History Month. Thank goodness for uh, Black History being taught in schools during uh, January and February. And sometimes I found that that was an obstacle, thinking about his legacy and thinking about thinking about all of the great things, the Nobel Peace Prize and all of his achievement. But he was a man, but he did what he had to do. He, he did his job. He, he did a lot for us. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of uh, this role. I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to show it and give it to you. And Kamei, we don't want to spoil the effect of learning the source of your character, the origin of your character. How do you talk with others about Kamei when you don't want to spoil the plot premise? Right. Something beautiful that Katori Hall does with Kamei is that she creates this character that is incredibly complicated. There are a lot of things implied about Kamei that the average person would find incredibly unflattering. But there is a power dynamic that's constantly being fought between Kamei and King, even when we're unaware of it. So even though these things are brought up and implied about her, we still see Kamei being incredibly intelligent, incredibly smart, incredibly resilient, incredibly steadfast in her beliefs. And so I think that, like, this show just brings together two very fierce people and puts them head-to-head when they realize they're not even being head-to-head. Does that make sense? Right. You know, and I think that that's what's beautiful about today because just on site, I'm just a maid, right? And so based on the characters that you see on stage, there is a presumed dynamic that is immediately blown up and dissolved. And the setting, it's one room, right? It's the motel room. Is the tension and the dynamic that you've been discussing heightened because you're just two people in one room and the pressures and the tensions and the dialogue is sparking and its building is that part of the set? Oh, absolutely. And the thing about this play, too, is Katori Hall doesn't give us anywhere to go. There, There are multiple times in the show that each character tries to get away. And then the circumstances are written in the play, like where we are bottlenecked in this hotel room. We have nowhere to go. We have no choice but to deal with each other. And so it absolutely heightens, absolutely heightens the stakes of the story. And also, since it all happens in one cell swoop, you don't get an intermission. You don't get a, yeah. a scene two. It has to be dealt with immediately and in the moment. And I think that definitely adds to... I guess, the intensity and the journey that we go on with this play. And you will each have to be very vulnerable with each other. It sounds like when you talk about the stakes and so forth, we are going to come to discussions about the basic questions of life and death, right? Sure. Yes, yes. What's interesting about this play is that we find vulnerability. It it, it sheds, Uh revealing vulnerability. We all come in, and it's a certain dynamic, but throughout the course of these conversations, throughout the course of the other things that happen in the play, everything is torn off. All of the facade, all of the sexism, all of the everything. Classism. The classism. Sure. 
And also, at the top of the play, it's very clear that each character has an agenda. And it's like we're working hard to meet our agenda, but it's consistently being derailed. It's consistently being overshadowed by something else, by someone else. These moments were interrupted <laughs> by phone calls, you know what right. I mean? Right, and other things. And there's even other characters in this show that aren't on stage with us that affect the way that we navigate our interactions on stage as well. So, yeah. You each have to come to grips with your own characters as an actor. You have to draw on what you know and your imagination and your creativity and so forth. Well, a part of my process, I have to talk about what are the, what are the similarities between me and Dr. King. I grew up in the church. So if you can imagine 76, the men that, that came in the church, how they dressed, how, how, how they were basically kings in the pulpit. I have that in my, my mind. I was, I'm the son of a, of a pastor. I look for those similarities. Other things about his heart. Dr. King has a heart for people, and I think I do too. I'm not ashamed to say it. I do have a heart for people. <laughs> I have a compassion. Sometimes it's sickening to me, but yes, I do. <laughs> um, I, uh, as far as our differences are concerned, well, time, time, what we have learned throughout the years. How do we look at women? You know, how do we look at people who don't have the education that we have? who don't have the resources, people mm-hmm. who are angry, how we do not judge them, or at least we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to judge them. But I can recall back in 76, 77, 78, how there was a difference between people who were influenced by the Black Panthers and people who were considered Negro. Mm-hmm. By the time I came along, uh, being called a Negro was a derogatory statement. Uh, rest in peace, Sidney Poitier, but he was like the poster boy for Negro. So... I think in regards to the two of us, the dynamic of Kang and Kamei is a little bit reflected in our real-life dynamic a little bit in that we kind of have the same mind for what we think the world should look like. We think Uh that we should have a just world in which everyone can be themselves and have equity, right? But we have kind of different ways in which we view the world. Do you agree? Yes, during our conversations. During our conversations. And also, I think that when it comes to being on stage, I was saying this just yesterday, it comes down to trusting your scene partner, right? And I think that we have a type of trust for each other that we are able to just leave a desert and will behind and inhabit Kamei and Dr. King because it feels safe. Because me, Adeze, I have trust in you, Will. You know what I mean? I trust you too. Yeah. And so <laughs> the nature of our job as actors is to inhabit bodies that, and people that aren't us. And that is so much easier to do when you have someone reliable to hold on to. Thank you. And Adesa, what are you tapping into as you create Kamei? Um, I think that I am a black female-bodied person navigating this world. Mm. A lot of the experiences that Kamei has and talks about are things that I've experienced and in some cases things that I fear. And so there is, there's just like an automatic kinship that I have with this character. And navigating life in this body brings a certain kind of worldview to you that Katori Hall writes so succinctly 
that I, as a very much connect to and Kamei expresses on stage. So, I mean, I will say we have some differences, but he was a very easy, is a very easy character to embody because I feel a lot of the things that she does. What about the dialogue? It's very natural and uh, it flows, it flows. And also, not in this show, but like as black people, we know all about code switching, yeah? Like we know yes. all about code switching. Yes. And that's a little <laughs> bit of something that Kamei has to navigate in this show because Kamei is cussing fussing, as is later said in this show. She cusses and she fusses. But when she's in front of Dr. Kang, when she does it, she realizes, I have broken the code <laughs> that I should be holding when I'm in the room with him. Yeah, no, it's, it's natural. And also, obviously, there aren't any real... Dr. King's speeches in the show because they are very much copywritten. But Katori Hall does, to me, an excellent job of embodying things that he would say, the ways that his speeches are written. You know, she does a very good job of embodying that in a way that makes it, correct me if I'm wrong, accessible for an actor to take on. Yes, easy, very easy to uh, get a hold of those words. And... I think, I think everyone is going to like it. I think so, too. Everyone. What about the title? Now, we know the classic line, but does it have more reverberations? Besides going back to Moses and the mountaintop, that Moses did not actually get to go into the promised land. After he had wandered the wilderness for 40 years, Moses did not get there. And, and it's crazy that as soon as Dr. King gives this speech, that this tragedy happened. So that's, that's the symbolism I connect with. Will you just use the word tragedy when referring to the assassination of Dr. King, but maybe we could pick up on the word as a theatrical form, tragedy, comedy, and the like. At one time, French and Italian critics saw power in rooting a play in the three unities, unity of time, place, action, the action should take place on one day in one place with one plot concerning a central hero. Well, in that sense, Mountaintop fits that profile. Is this a tragedy? Um, I wouldn't look at this play as a tragedy. I don't see it that way. Or better yet, let me clarify. I don't think you would feel the way you would feel from a traditional Greek tragedy, like from Oedipus, where, where you are totally purged. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't feel that way. I think people, audiences are going to walk away from this feeling good, inspired. And even though Dr. King, you know, he had his issues, he was still who he was. And I also think that this play kind of ends on a note. This play is more of a call to action because something that I very much appreciate about this show is that it kind of demystifies Dr. King a little bit and and highlights how he views himself as just a man, right? And so the call to action for us to continue his legacy at the end of the show is made more powerful by the fact that this show really makes him a man. You know what I mean? So I don't quite think it's a tragedy. I think that people should leave this show feeling called to do more. Does that make sense? Hopeful. That's audiences will walk away from this feeling inspired, motivated, and hopeful for the future. You gave us the sense that there's a call to action for us as viewers and that that's a hopeful thing. 
Is that what makes this play speak to us today? It's not just looking back to 1968 in a motel in Memphis. How do you think it talks to us today? I mean, I think the way that it talks to us today is that it, even for Kamei, I think it really highlights that like, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you have the power to make change. Dr. King saw himself as just a man. We are the people who have elevated him to a hero, to a martyr, right? But for him, he was just a man. So if you are looking at yourself as just the average person, you have the power, the same power that he did. And so I think that's kind of my takeaway in for today and today's setting. Today's setting is not too different. We are still fighting for justice. We are still fighting for equality. And... (laughs) and love, and from, from Will Bryson, I think it's going to take a lot of love to straighten it out. So this, this performance, as we take on these characters, we're not only actors, but we are activists. We're working towards something. We're working towards a brighter future. We're working towards brotherhood with all races, no matter who it is. That's what Dr. King was about. Actors Will Bryson and Adese Nwoko speaking about The Mountaintop by Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Katori Hall, presented by the Bloomsburg Theatre Ensemble in collaboration with their guests, director Cassandra Freeman and guest actors Adese and Will, who play Kamei and Dr. King, respectively. The show will run from January 20th through February 6th at the Alvina Kraus Theatre in downtown Bloomsburg. Now, there will be special pay-what-you-decide performances this Thursday the 20th, Friday the 21st, and Saturday the 22nd. Performances begin at 7.30 on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, with Sunday matinees at 3 o'clock, www.bte.org, bte.org. COVID protocols are in place at the theater, and you can check the website for details about that. School matinees are available for high school students on February 1st and February 2nd. The matinees begin at 10 a.m. Again, bte.org, bte.org. It's The Mountaintop by Katori Hall, and it's being presented by the Bloomsburg Theater Ensemble January 20th through February 6th at the Alvina Kraus Theater, 226 Center Street in Bloomsburg. And for more information on the web, bte.org, bte.org, the box office number, area code 570-784-8181, 784-8181.